so we went over to Ali and just like started striking up a conversation and we could immediately tell that he was pretty caught off guard just like what do these people want from me yeah but one of my street team partners her name is natalie is just this super um joyful loving presence and like i think immediately just destroyed a lot of his walls <laughs> and like he was just smiling so so much people of Creston city people of every everywhere around the world this is david Christopher Pacheco. Hi, my name is Kimmy. My name is Arthur Ortiz. Been in Denver since 1973. Okay, so let's just talk in circles for a little bit. <laughs> just talk in circles. Yeah. Just shoot the breeze a little yeah. bit. Now they see beyond what I look like. They see what my actions are and say, hey, that is a good person. A lot of people say home is home is where the heart is, but my heart's in many places. It's just I don't know where home is. Welcome back to Homeless But Human. Back with you again today is Blake. And Shayla. We have uh, a little series on the missionaries who went to cities all around the country and one location around the world, that is Ireland, to spread the mission of encounter and love to the poor in the communities. And with us today, we are highlighting the Boston team. Boston, let's go! Boston, Massachusetts. So... One of the the new cities we went to this summer, um, but one that had some deep roots with Christ in the City, and we'll mm-hmm. touch on that later. So with us today to represent Team Boston, we have Rachel. Hi, everybody. And Tyler. Hey. And Tyler um, is a Denver boy, born and raised, and <laughs> Rachel has a lot, of, a lot of Boston roots, per se, you know. Yeah, kind of. My sister lived there for like five years, and my brother went to optometry school there. So yeah, I kind of so, grew so up. So you knew the city a little going bit. Going a little bit. Yeah. And you're going to be going back there. Someday. Oh, yeah, Hundo P. Yeah. I yeah, she <laughs> is convinced about Boston in her life. And Tyler, on the other hand, have you ever been to Boston before? I have not. It was actually my first time on the East Coast. Whoa. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> What'd you think? Very different, but very awesome. Yeah. I, I was so jealous. This was the one summer of service. This was the one I was like, I want to go really badly. Me too. <laughs> I mean, I want to go to all of them, but like this Boston, I was like, that is so cool. It was so cool. Boston has been doing homeless ministry inspired mm-hmm. by Christ in the city. So would one of you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I definitely can. Two years ago during my summer of service at Christ in the city, I was serving with another missionary named Colleen. And after our summer of service, I stayed on for the year of service and Colleen went back to Boston and started her own ministry called Encounter, which was basically just Christ in the city. And yeah, she started with another summer missionary named Monet as well. And since then, it's just been rapidly growing. So mm-hmm. that was a huge gift for Rachel and I just to be able to enter into that. Wow. And that's what we want, right? Like we want people to come here for this unique period and yeah. go do it. And I know Shayla's been supporting them. Yeah, I've, I've been able to, in the past couple of years that I've been here at Christ City, connect with that Boston crew. And they are awesome. Like they, do they go out once a month or do they go every Saturday? Yeah, so they have a group, like a big, big group thing that they do every third Saturday of the okay, month yep. where like everybody gets together, has breakfast with your street team that you're assigned to. And then like for people who are first coming, you like do a training. And then for wow. people who are returning, they do like, Lexio Divina, like you can pray together with wow. your street team. It's so sweet. And then you go to the streets and then you come back, have lunch together, debrief mm-hmm. together, and then end the day with a Thanksgiving rosary. Mm-hmm. But there's also a group of people who go out more frequently, like every Saturday, who are just yeah. like super devoted to the mission. So wow. they are just the best. I wow. love them. Yeah, they're they're awesome. And we've been connected with them since 
since they've kind of been formed from, yeah. from Colleen and, and Monet and Father Michael, I'm sure is involved too. So yeah, shout out to that group. You guys oh, rock. So good. So you go to Boston. We've talked a lot on Homeless But Human. You know, our, our CIC family knows so much about homelessness in Denver. What does it look like in Boston in comparison? Yeah, that's a good question. I think in Boston, at least on mine and Tyler's route, we saw a lot more drug abuse than than we've seen in Denver. Which says yeah. a lot, too. Yeah, yeah, like a lot more. Just the accessibility of needles there is um, mm. they're able to access them more. They don't really like camp on the streets as much as people in Denver do. And everyone, it was a little bit more difficult to encounter people in Boston because everyone is always moving. Mm -hmm. So they have like a very sort of like quick, fast paced, like city mindset that the pace in Denver is just like so much slower. It was like a little bit more difficult because like if you interrupted someone on their walk, like they were going somewhere, you know? So like you're kind of interrupting them on their commute, which is a little bit more difficult. Some people were panhandling, like flying a sign, holding signs at stoplights. So those people were like easier to encounter, I would say. But most people, I was surprised, were pretty open to a conversation. Like they would look at me like kind of skeptical, like what do you mm-hmm. want mm-hmm. from me? Yeah. But then you just like, you know, feel it out a little bit and then it's like totally fine. So, yeah. Yeah. Tyler, do you want to like paint a picture for us? Kind of like what your street team situations looked like, where you were going in Boston, maybe a little bit about the routes especially if you like stopped at any places specifically. Um, Yeah, just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. So we had two routes. One was around South Station in Boston. And then Rachel and I's route was around Boston Medical Center. Mm -hmm. And at least for Rachel and I's route, it really felt that it was kind of its own isolated area of Boston. Mm -hmm. Like we had to drive outside of Boston to get there. And yeah, as Rachel was saying, there was just a lot of drug use and it kind of seemed more abandoned than the homeless here in Denver. Like a lot of where the homeless are here is around a lot of resources, but at least in Boston, from my perspective, it seemed like they were pushed out into this certain area and it was extremely hard for maybe someone around Boston Medical Center to get out of that, especially with all the drug use, Mm -hmm. um, all the poverty. And it's just like a very different area. I remember we, my street team got to talk to one person and he just was like very adamant and saying like, what are you guys doing here? Like we told him this was our first time in Boston and he was like, you need to go actually into the city. There's nothing really to see here. What are you doing? And he was just so caught off guard of like, why would we spend any time in this area? Yeah. And was that area scouted out beforehand? Like what, what even pushed you guys to go kind of outside of downtown? Yeah, it was, I think, scouted out a little bit by encounter. Okay. And so there were areas on our route that were definitely unsafe, but we were able to find areas that were safe. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it also made it hard because just, I think so much of the homeless population were around that Boston Medical Center route. Yeah. Yeah. Let's think about that for a second. You go somewhere and the homeless, the homeless brother that you encounter tells you, you shouldn't be here. But then you're like, I'm here for you. And I bet he couldn't wrap his mind around that. Yeah, it was actually really beautiful to hear. He was really wanting to change his life around. He was on his way to an AA meeting and we even offered to walk him Mm. to his meeting and he felt like very loved by that, but he couldn't, like you said, Blake, wrap his head around that. Like, why would you want to go to this with me? Why are you like even here? Yeah, what do you want from me probably? Yeah. (laughs) What other story, you guys have any stories you'd like to share from from ministry or, or anything? 
yeah, I can start with one. My street team partners and I met a man named John, I think on our first day out, and we kind of spent the entire two and a half hours like talking to him. But um, kind of like one of my favorite stories about about John is like <clears throat> we were talking to him on a median because he had a cardboard sign that he was holding up. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of traffic around and it was like kind of loud. And at one point in our conversation, he just stopped like dead in his tracks and was like, what is that that you're wearing around your neck? And I wear this sacred heart of Jesus, just like gold yeah. mm-hmm. necklace around my neck. And today's a solemnity of the sacred heart. So this is a cool Gr- story. What to a tell. great day. <laughs> <laughs> this is a cool story to tell on this day. But yeah, I was like, oh, this is the sacred heart of Jesus, like the, the suffering sacred heart of Jesus. And he was like, tell me more. Like I've never, I've never seen anything like that in my life. And I was like, wow, well, like it's, it's wrapped in a crown of thorns. Like it's, it's on fire. And it just is basically a symbol of like how much suffering can be love Mm -hmm. and how much love can be suffering. It's just like vice versa. And so I was kind of explaining it to him and he was like, I love that. I love that so much. And I was like, thank you so much. Like I I wear it every day. I, I think it's beautiful. And he was like, it's not just beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. He was like, I'm sorry. Like I can't, I can't like get my mind off of it. Like it's just, it's so beautiful. And I was like, wow, great. And that is the day that the Sacred Heart of Jesus basically became our, like my street team's wow. patron for, yeah, for the three weeks. So yeah, Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Am I right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> and it's and it's like just you sharing that story with him. To him that like having his like world rocked by that. Yeah. Rocked. Rocked. And it's like how many days have you had that necklace on, seen it? And just been like, ah, old story. Mm. You know, I heard this before. Mm. How, how, how is that for you to put fresh eyes on this, this mystery of the sacred heart? Oh my gosh. Well, I think like we got to see John a little bit more, like kind of every day that we saw him, like he would always say the same things of like, I need to get out of this. I, I want to be better and like all of this stuff. And I think that I would just like, like suffering has meaning. Um, it's not for nothing. I think is, is kind of my biggest thing. And like, even in the suffering, just like recognizing that you're suffering is a big thing. My prayer kind of this whole year actually at Christ in the city has been like, Jesus is not necessarily like asking us to suffer for him, but rather to suffer with him. Yeah. And I think that that just like draws us closer into his heart even more. Mm -hmm. Um, Like we are in the heart of Jesus when we are suffering. So that's kind of a bit of the reflection that I, yeah. Yeah. I he throws time. that yoke over both our shoulders, right? Oh, His yeah. and ours. Mm-hmm. Right. We're in it with him. And you get to enter into that heart of Jesus in in the poor, in John. Yes. And like in his suffering too. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really good. Especially just like in the area that Tyler were Tyler and I were in on the streets. Like, yeah, it was an everyday of just like entering into it and seeing people succumbing to the disease of addiction and just like letting that um I mean, yeah, it just kind of like riddles their life sure. and throws it up in arms. But like meeting the the one person who's like, I've done that and I'm, um, I'm done with it and I can't do it anymore. Yeah. And like, you know, just like the people who you know, I want to take steps to like fight that disease of yeah. addiction. It's just like, wow, <laughs> so beautiful and, to be able it, to be a part of. I mean, it's not a secret, right? Like anyone who looks at the news or opens the newspapers, like the opioid epidemic, the the drug problem on those East coast cities, like, yeah, you guys were walking into the heart of that, you know, like truly the heart of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
very <laughs> privileged space to be. Sorry. It, it, no, it is. <laughs> it, it's, it's, you're exactly right. Yeah. Tyler, how about you? Yeah. One story I can think of is my street team and I, we ran into this younger man. His name was Ali. And the first time we, we saw him, he was panhandling at least a lot of people on Rachel and I's route. That mm-hmm. is how they make money. They're out there from like 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Yeah. Um, very busy streets. And yeah, that's just kind of the way they go about their days. And so we went over to Ali and just like started striking up a conversation and we could immediately tell that he was pretty caught off guard. Just like, what do these people want from me? Yeah. But one of my street team partners, her name is Natalie, is just this super um, joyful, loving presence. And like, I think immediately just destroyed a lot of his walls <laughs> and like he was just smiling so, so much. And eventually after that first conversation, over the three weeks in Boston, we just continually saw him and it was really beautiful to see how much our friendship deepened after coming like back and back. Yeah. Eventually, like the final time we got to see him, we got to go to Dunkin' Donuts and I think it was the perfect opportunity to, in a sense, get off of the busy street, um, get a little bit away from the streets. Yeah. Sure. And it was a really uh, just easy way for him to open up of like, this is how I got to Boston. This is how I'm on the streets. And just reflecting on that, I was like, wow, I I kind of forget sometimes that the people we meet have these incredible stories and have yeah, ways they got on the streets. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Just a little Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> you know, just a little Dunkin'. Dude, it can do a lot. I'm this summer you service sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts in the Archdiocese of Boston. Yeah, That's it right. Is. Oh. No, but it, yeah, Tyler, I like what you said, though. It's just get them off the streets. Just a little bit, just the noise, that constant, yeah, yeah. right? Like, and I'm sure it wasn't, you know, again, it's not a profound thing, mm-hmm. taking someone to Dunkin' Donuts in and of itself, right? Yeah. But just the space you created for him there, a space of sharing, a space of love, like, yeah, it's it's different, you know? If you guys could talk about how you think you, like, affected the Boston community and maybe even the encounter group, you were only there for three weeks and then you left. Like what, what was your impact? Do you think? Yeah. At least for me, our, I think main thing that we did really well at was building just really good community. There's like several stories about this, but I'll just tell one. There were a few guys that were just going on a rosary walk. I think like during free time and they ran into this man named Joe who was just on the phone with his mom talking to her like, I just need good community, good Catholic friends. And then immediately right after that, he sees three of us missionaries walking down, praying the rosary and immediately goes over to them, stops them, gets to talk to them, gets their contact info. And then over those three weeks, Joe probably came over like two or three times to have dinner with us, to pray with us. And then eventually at the end of this end of the three weeks, he was able to take one of our missionaries to the airport but oh. <laughs> what yeah such a nice dude you guys oh so nice. it was, that, that's just one example of at least for us being in boston i think a huge goal was to build a huge strong community in our community of 12 at christ in the city yeah. so that we can share that with everyone that we encounter like even we got to go to a red sox game and ran into this random man named sam that was just they're all by himself and just like absorbed him into our own community. No way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> At the game. You're like, you're part of our crew. Yep. yep. Oh, that's awesome. And he just hung out with us the rest of the night. Wow. Yeah. 
ministry is not just on the streets. Yeah, right. And Absolutely. friendship. Yeah, there are just like so many countless stories of, uh, yeah, uh, of just inviting people into community and getting them actually connected with the encounter community, mm. a community that's a little bit, you know, more stable than us just being there yeah, for the totally. three weeks. Sure, sure. Yeah, so there was a woman who came up to Nick, Peter, and I one day after mass, and she was like, yeah, I just moved to Boston. I'm like looking for Catholic community. Like, what do you guys do? Like, why are you three going <laughs> like, hanging out together? And I was like, cool, 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 cool. Um, we know who to introduce you to. Yeah, yeah. There was this guy on the train as we were coming back from Fenway who I, like, struck up a conversation with. And he was like, yeah, I go to Mass at the Cathedral, but there's not really, like, a lot of community there. Like, oh, wow. what do you do? And I was like, what is going yeah. on? Is, is this real? <laughs> yeah. I, again, like, just so many countless stories. We hosted a party at our house for the encounter community mm. like oh. one Saturday night cause it rained and they didn't have a backup plan. So sure. yeah. So they all came to our house and like, we just got introduced to them even more. And yeah, it was just such a gift to be able to introduce people who had just moved to Boston or who were yeah. truly looking for an authentic community yeah. into the encounter community and just like growing that even more wow. because it's so beautiful and it's growing so fast. Is so. it really? Yes. I have like a couple how many people in the group me? Like 170, maybe more than what? that. Oh yeah. my goodness. How many people came to your guys' house from the, the encounter community? 30? Yeah, that's it. Wow. 30? Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And again, it was, we're just there for three weeks, right? And we know that we're not, we're mm -hmm. not ignorant of that whatsoever. And it sounds like you guys were like, we are just going to serve them. Mm -hmm. Right. It was. And, and this crew guys, this Boston crew came back and they're like, we struggled because they received us so well. <laughs> like we felt spoiled. Oh yeah. Right. You guys, <laughs> you guys got the red carpet and you didn't even ask for anything. Like mm -hmm. it was like, Hey, we'll eat donated food. We'll sleep on the floor. And they're like, no, we're taking you to a Boston Red Sox game. It's like, nice. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The summer of service missionaries definitely came to serve, which is very exciting. And that's what a lot of us come to do. Sure. But as a missionary that I've been doing this for 10 months, like it was really, really beautiful to be able to receive because I was like, I've just given so much yeah. for the last for the last 10 months. And I had also given a lot into planning the summer of service. So for me, it was like very, very sweet to be able to receive from so many people yeah. in Boston and just to yeah receive the gifts that they are so like willing and mm -hmm. readily able to, mm -hmm. to give us. And I think for the summer of service missionaries, it was a little bit more difficult because like they came to serve with like all that they had like to sleep on yeah. the floor, to eat donated food. Yeah. And I think like even one of our missionaries was uh, our summer of service missionaries. She was talking a little bit about at the end, like how she thought this summer of service was going to be grueling and the Lord was going to rip her heart apart and just like <laughs> put it back together again when she was like, no, like I, I'm actually worthy of sweetness like my wow. life can be sweet because like i am a beloved daughter of the father and like he wants to treat me well and to love me like it doesn't all have to be suffering he can show me that he loves me through wow. sweetness um and that oh was just gosh. a super beautiful you know reflection from a summer of service missionary who was like ready yeah. to give it all and to like be ripped open but rather like she was ripped open in a different way in the sense of the Lord just like bestowing on her this beautiful daughterhood that she uh, will never be able to, to forget. So, yeah. Wow. yeah. How would you guys say you were most shocked or surprised by your time in Boston? Yeah. Kind of relating back to the community, at least from my personal opinion, especially for the summer of service missionaries, mm -hmm. I think all of them, if not almost all of them came away from Christ in the city in Boston just absolutely changed, absolutely just ready to 
bring Christ in the city to their own lives, yeah. uh, bring a prayer life, bring community instead of just like, all right, I served for these three weeks back to my normal life. No, this is what the Christian life can be. And I want that. I want to bring that back to wherever I'm from. And to see that, I think for me and Rachel was just absolutely life changing <laughs> wow. to just see missionaries only being there for three weeks, just come alive in their own Christian faith uh, was definitely something that really shocked me. Wow. Wow. Rachel, how about you? I would probably just say I was super shocked at the way our community just loved each other. Mm -hmm. It was such a gift, especially like, I mean, just the year of service missionaries that we had with Tyler and Mm -hmm. Nick and Kyle coming and just, I don't know, just knowing how to love well. I just think that this summer of service missionaries were so blessed with like, the male presence that we had, just the brotherhood that Tyler, Nick, and Kyle brought to the community and also such a gift to be there with Sherbs as well. And I don't know, each of the summer of service missionaries truly just came in and dove into community. Yeah, Yeah. It was so beautiful. Our community loved team sports. Like they played Mm. basketball like every other day. Love it. They knocked on doors in our neighborhood to find a pump, to pump up a basketball. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Walk in the streets, it will give you that boldness. Yes. Yeah. Right. They, yeah, and they just love to be together, even during free time. And I think just the authentic like brotherhood and sisterhood that we were able to kind of model for them and then to show to them mm-hmm. and to bring to them, like that's a sort of authenticity and freedom that I think many of them have never experienced before. Yeah. So just to see each of yeah. the summer of service missionaries come alive in community and just kind of, I want to say throw all caution to the wind. Like yeah. they like no holds barred. They were just fully themselves because they knew that they would be received lovingly. Yeah. And I think that that's such a gift because Sherbs and I actually talked about this a little bit of bringing the community that we have here at Christ in the city, like the 31 person community that we have, like you can't foster community if you don't have yes. like a good one to base it off of. Yeah. And we were just like so blessed with, yeah. with our summer of service team and the year of service missionaries that, that joined us. Um, yeah, we had like an even six men and six women. So it was like kind of a different oh, dynamic. So and So intimate, like nobody can hide in a 12 person community. <laughs> and it's just, ah, they were just so good. I just, I love them all so much. Yeah, you can, it's so clear how much you guys love mm-hmm. the city, the, the support from the archdiocese encounter, these summer service missionaries. Like, oh yeah, it's so clear. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering before we wrap up here, if you had to give any advice to someone in Boston, first first and foremost, if they are wanting to get involved with this encounter group, like h- how can they be involved? How to go about that? Yeah, that's a good question. So I would say that the best person to contact is Hayden Cowart, but there's also a website. We will put it in the show notes of this yes, podcast. We will. Actually, there's some pictures from Christ in the City on their mm-hmm. page. I'm in some of them. Yep. And, well. <laughs> and if you just want to go an easier route and connect with us, we have connections to the Boston group so we can easily pass pass you on in an email. So you can email us at volunteer at christinthecity.org if you're wanting to get involved there. Second question. Okay. Let's say you're someone in Boston, you're driving in your car and you're, <laughs> you have 20 seconds at a stoplight. What's some advice that you could give to someone that might be panhandling or that might be flying a sign at, on the street corner? Yeah, I would say a lot of times I don't have something necessarily to give, but just 
rolling down your window and calling them over, maybe just asking how they're doing. Another good one is just like, hey, my name's Tyler, what's your name? And so many times out of asking that, I've actually been just like so well received. Mm. And yeah, their face lights up. And if you are driving that road throughout the week, you can continue to see them like, oh, hey, Jim, it's good to see you again. You were applying for this job yesterday. I really want to hear about that. So even if you don't have anything to give, I think you can still be courageous yeah. in getting to know them. Mm. So I would say that is the challenge. Yeah. I like that a lot, Tyler. So Shayla has a question that I'm going to I'm gonna take from her right now. Go ahead. The one word question. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I got you gotta, this. Blake, I got this. It up. So Uh-oh. if you had one <laughs> word to describe the Boston Summer of Service experience, what would it be? Rachel's face, if only you could all Yo, see Yo, right man, now. <laughs> you have gone through a lot of emotions in the last half second. You have the best facial expressions I think I've ever seen. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I can go first. I'd say for me, my one word would be redeeming, at least for me coming into oh. <clears throat> Boston Summer of Service. I was honestly pretty nervous coming into it. I was expecting it to be the last cross of the year. Just these three weeks is the last thing I have to get through of just like we were talking about earlier, just pure serving, giving it all I had. And oh boy, did the Lord have different plans. It was just so beautiful to experience the absolute joy that the Christian life can be and how, yeah, you can be happy. I know Rachel has been saying this a lot to me. You can be happy and also follow God, which I think something is something I really, like, really struggled to learn over the summer. But concluding it can yeah, actually say that, yeah, I can be happy living this life and just accepting all the gifts and graces that God gives us. Tyler, that is such a such an ending. Oh yeah. For your journey here. Start off summer service. Jeez. I was telling this to my Boston summer of service team, but I just can't imagine a more perfect way to end out Christ in the city is wow. going to Boston. I'm gonna cry. Oh. You deserve to cry after that. That was, yeah, that was so sweet. <laughs> Rachel, what's your one word? My one word would have to be receiving. I think throughout my time at Christ in the City, I have been praying a lot with and trying to learn a little bit more about what it means to just like allow others to be let in and that my worth is not the sum of the things that I do. I came to Christ in the City to serve and to give and I have received so much more than I could have ever imagined. And I'm, I'm not like serving or giving in order to receive but it's just insane to me the way that the Lord has blessed me, my community, the whole of Christ in the city, all of our friends on the street. Like we can receive because like we, we deserve to receive. Like hmm. we can receive so much from him if we just like open our hands and don't grasp, but rather just sit there with open hands and just allow the Lord to freely take and to freely give. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like no. the Lord showing all of you like, no, like, I'm here to give to you as well. There's nothing you can give away that I won't outdo you in generosity. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, and to <laughs> our Christ in the City family, please pray for Rachel and Tyler. Uh, Tyler, this is his, he's completing his second year as a missionary. So pray for him in his next steps and for Rachel next year as she will be going to Philly for our year round program for the first year round program in Philadelphia. So she's going right back out to that East Coast and. I'm sure you're very excited, Rachel. I'm so excited. I yes. can't wait. Please pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Well, guys, thank you. And, and I think it's so clear 
geez, to our Christ and City family that's been listening to these, it's like, yeah, the Lord is, buckle up. The Lord's doing some big things in these cities, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Whether Christ and City is a part of it or not, like, of course, we'd love to be, but we, in a way, we don't care. You know, it's like whatever the Lord wants. If he wants us, great. If yeah. not, great. Like, mm-hmm. but man, these like it's so clear the Lord's doing great things in that archdiocese and through the priests there and these young adults on fire. So hope, hope in the future of the church. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Thanks you. Thank you. Guys. God bless you all. And please continue praying for us and this city of Boston. Amen. God Amen. bless. Bye. <laughs> Mother Teresa, one of our patrons would say, If I look at the masses, I will not act. If I look at the one, I will. Because of these one-on-one encounters, because of people like you stepping out of your comfort zone, this mission is spreading. This mission is making its way into parishes, schools, seminaries, and communities nationwide. We have families making care kits for the homeless, college students coming on week-long mission trips and then going back on fire to serve the poor in their cities seminarians and small groups across the country doing Christ in the City style street ministry. This mission is becoming a national and worldwide endeavor, and we're so happy you're here. For even more in-depth Christ in the City training, videos, and interviews with the homeless, we invite you to join our known and loved monthly giving community. This is one of the most impactful ways you can join us in this mission. Visit ChristInTheCity.org and make a monthly gift today to join our known and loved community and receive a special Christ in the City gift. Imagine with me for a moment if every homeless person had one friend who cared about them. What a difference that would make in the world. And what if that one friend is you? You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, podcast platforms, And do us a favor and go hit subscribe and leave us a review. God bless you.